Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this special emergency episode of the Exiles Network News Podcast. Today is a day for celebration. This is a different episode entirely. I don't even know where to start, where to go. We're just going to dive right into it. You clicked on the link so you know what it is. It's a celebration of a journey that has gone on for about two and a half years. A lot of blood, sweat, tears, passions, dreams, hard work of so many people all around the world unite into one cause. And it's four words, release the Snyder Cut. And today, official word has been handed down that the Snyder Cut is coming out. It's a great day. And so today we're going to uh, react to the news. We're going to reminisce about the journey. And we also have a very special guest who's going to give us some incredible insight and a different point of view to the whole experience. So... You guys know me. I am yours truly, Lupe, and I'm joined by a select group of individuals who have been very close to the movement. These are your film exiles. Let's start with Paul. Paul, would you like to say hello to the people? Yeah. Hello, everyone. What a uh, what a great day. What uh, it's it's surreal, and uh, I can't can't wait to talk with uh, you guys about it. It's been a long time coming, and uh, wow, it's finally here. Welcome on board, Paul. And next up, we have our very own Dr. Chris. Chris, what's up? Say hello to the people. Hello, everyone. I'm, I'm stunned. It's been a long journey, such a great day, and I'm so happy to share it with all of you. Nice. And we also have one of our very own film exiles. You've heard him on several film reviews. You've seen his contributions on our Twitter page and online. It's Brandon. Hey, Brandon, what's up? Hey, I'm just happy to be here. The only one actually from Smallville, Kansas. <laughs> uh, not to rub that into anybody else, but I'm definitely more excited here in the hometown of Superman than anyone else. Welcome, brother. We feel you. We feel you. And our Wonder Woman, our 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 shining light, truth, love, and the American way. <laughs> it's Adrian. Hey, Adrian. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm so happy to be here um, on this historic day, making cinematic history. And um, all I got to say is victory is sweet. Yes, it is. It's sweeter than candy. All right. And we also have Manu, our ride or die brother from our, our sister podcast. He's, he's one of us. He comes on the channel a lot. You guys, you know him. Manu, say hello to the people. Hey everyone, how's it going? Um, like uh, I'm, I'm usually someone who's very talkative, but not yes, today. Like are. I feel like <laughs> I don't have any words. It's I'm just speechless, and oh man, it's been, it's been, it's just been a, a great day, honestly. Just, just what you want to hear when someone's on a podcast that they have no words to say. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, I can't help but like it's just, dude, two and a half years, like in yeah. in the trenches. Yeah. It, it hasn't been easy. It, it it's yeah. just, uh, uh, it's just amazing. All right, we'll we'll get into it. Save all your emotions and your passions. We're getting to it in a little bit, and we save the best for last. I, I think I have to clear my voice, and I have to do this like with a special, you know. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the podcast. A special guest, a friend of the podcast, someone who has inspired us, who has given us energy to run this marathon. We couldn't have done it without him. We have Ray Porter. Reporter, welcome to the podcast. Say hello to the audience. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing pretty good, I must say. 
what an amazing thing to uh, to celebrate with everybody. You know, having been on this journey in a slightly different room, it's it's so incredible seeing all the celebration and how happy everybody is. And I'm so pleased uh, for a lot of reasons, one of which I can finally officially say. Yes, I played Dark Side in the Justice League. Woo! Woo! <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, yes. All right. So I, I just want to start with a, a brief overview. I want each of you to tell the audience how you got into this movement, just in in a few brief words, and what your experience has been. You don't need to give us all the beats and every single thing that's happened because we can go on and on forever. But just quickly tell us, you know how you came into the movement and how you're feeling today. I, I will start um, selfishly. <laughs> so uh, for me, I've been a fan of Zack Snyder's for a very, very long time. I grew up reading comic books. And so coming into the DCEU, um, I was the perfect person, the perfect audience member. And I love that the DCEU, you know, was offering something different from the usual, you know, comic book movies. Um, Long story short, Man of Steel came out. Great movie. It's it's a people's champ, but it was quite divisive. Uh, Batman v Superman came out. It was even more divisive. And because of this and uh, studio pressure, it led to, you know, uh, our issues with Snyder being sort of like removed and his vision being sidetracked or hijacked, depending on what story you believe. And I experienced all of this firsthand. A lot of people are experts in things um, or have hobbies. Maybe you play the guitar or, you know, along with your day job, you draw, you paint. I, my hobby was movies, following films very closely. And I experienced every single news article, every single tweet, every single, you know, event. I followed it so closely. So I knew exactly what was, what was going on. It was an injustice and the passion within me just bubbled to 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 the brim and i had all this energy all this energy to get you know this night cut out and that's you know where my passion comes from and it's been two and a half long years of constant constant work constant attention constant passion given of ourselves physically financially emotionally um and i've met so many great people along the way from all over the world this, I must admit that this is not something I thought would come to fruition in two and a half years, as long as that sounds to some people. I thought it would take about 10 years. And I remember having a conversation with Chris. Chris, you remember this conversation where I told you, I said, I don't want to burn myself out. I think this is going to take like 20 years, but I'm going to be here. Believe you me. And Chris said, no, it's going to take a few years. And he said it with such certainty and faith that it gave me wings. It just... I was like, if someone, anyone can believe something so strongly like this, then I have to believe it too. Um, and here we are today, uh, right. celebrating remember. the impossible. So um, that's, that's you know, my brief background into this. I would uh, like to hand it over to Paul. Paul, tell us a little bit about your uh, experience with this. Yeah, so I guess I was a little bit of a late joiner to the, to the party. I, um, you know, I'm... I've been a fan of movies my whole life. Uh, I wouldn't call myself a cinephile uh, by any means, but um, but it, they've always been a big part of my life. And um, you know, I, I really enjoyed comic book movies for a long time. And and at some point, I just kind of lost interest in the genre. So when when Batman versus Superman came out in 2016, I heard the reviews. 
I didn't see it in theaters, and um, I just moved on. And then when the Ultimate Edition came out, I thought, you know what, I'm going to give this a chance. I used to love this genre. It, it's not really for me anymore, but I'm going to check this out. And when I saw that movie, it it blew me away and um, and brought my love back for those, those type of films. Uh, and I just couldn't believe how great it was, and I couldn't reconcile that with with what the the narrative was was publicly and and from that moment on um when i heard there was a justice league movie coming and and to that point i mean i think i might have been generally aware but it it just wasn't um it wasn't big on my radar until i saw the ultimate edition of bvs and that uh i just couldn't wait for this film and i just remember the anticipation um you know and i was more of a a a youtube guy i didn't have a social media presence I'd, i'd go watch videos on youtube uh wasn't active on twitter um, and then when we saw that movie on November 16th, uh, you know, I had a friend from Montreal come into Toronto and a friend from Florida come into Toronto and, you know, they kind of coordinated around that time and we went to see that opening night and I just remember watching it going, something, something's not right here, you know, and there were some things that were more obviously not right than others. Um, and then I remember going out for a drink after and, and kind of trying to convince ourselves that it was okay, but knowing, knowing deep down it wasn't. And then, uh, I think it was maybe three or four days later. Um, I, I'd seen a video on the, the deleted scenes. Uh, it was an, it was on Emergency Awesome, and I actually just went back and watched it uh, a couple of days ago. And and I just remember thinking, that's that's the movie I wanted to see. That's the Snyder movie I thought we were getting. And then I saw Fiona's tweet that day, and the petition, and realized, hey, there, there's a chance this this could actually happen. And and from that moment, I was hooked. And uh, and and here we are, uh, two and a half years later. I converted my Twitter account from a personal account into a into into what's essentially a, a ninety five percent Snyder Cut account. <laughs> and uh, and and that's it. I mean that you know it, it's it's been a huge part of my life ever since. And uh, and my wife will be probably glad to have me back now. <laughs> yeah, I can I can attest to that, guys. ENN is a podcast where we discuss like a, a myriad of questions, a variety, but I'm telling you, every single podcast, Paul made sure we talked about the Snyder Cut for like 50% of the time. It was a running joke. And, we and, were and I was biting my tongue, Lupe. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was our contribution to keeping it in the zeitgeist, keeping the, the, the passion, you know, burning and keeping the, the fire, you know, burning. So, uh, Chris... Uh, the floor is yours. Please tell us uh, your experience with the with the fandom uh, in some brief words. <laughs> right. So I'll condense it down to about sixty seconds because <laughs> I, I don't want to go on for too long. Um, essentially, when that dark side, uh, ironically, uh, storyboard was dropped on Fiona's website, it was coming up to the six month anniversary, let's say, of the theatrical release of Justice League, and that really lit a fire. Uh, under me and it got me angry Um, I took it personally that this studio did this to us, you know, these fans who stood by BVS for so long um, and defended BVS and defended Zach and defended Warner Brothers product I felt slighted personally so I always looked at this thing from a social point of view rather than a cinematic point of view and yeah it was basically just a a reinforcement of my personal ideals as well i feel this journey has been a has been proof that 
when you come together, when ordinary people come together and work as one, they can overcome incredible odds and they can achieve anything. And that's what we've done. So that that's just my feelings on it and where I came from, from my position and why right. I got involved. Nice, nice. Very inspirational. So, Brandon, uh, tell us about your experience with the Snyder Cut campaign. Uh, I mean, it, it's just like many other people. Yeah, it's, I loved Man of Steel. I was excited for, for Batman v Superman. Liked the theatrical cut, but it, it did feel choppy. There were things that just didn't make much sense, like Superman not having any dialogue. Uh but with within days, they had announced an ultimate cut was coming out, and that told me right up front that, that the studio made those cuts immediately because they already had an extended cut plan for it. Um, and ever since then, that's I've watched that movie, the ultimate cut, probably once a month. Uh, it is just a, a wonderfully deep film. There's so much more in it, and it just proves that comic book movies can be uh, completely different than what anybody expects. But... Mm-hmm. As I got closer to Justice League, obviously all the news came out about Zach leaving and, and Joss taking over and then Danny Elfman coming in. And something wasn't right, but I, I still wanted to have faith in it. Uh, and then I went on November 17th to go see the movie in IMAX, and I have never walked out of a movie as disappointed in my life. Wow. Uh, it was just it was not what was promised even in the final trailer six weeks before. Mm-hmm. Um, that was not the movie that was sold to me, and mm-hmm. I, I knew something was up. And my first exposure to the group was the, obviously the, the petition on Change.org, and then the the picture of the, of the people standing out in front of Warner Brothers with the hashtag. And then from there, I, you know, I I got back into Twitter. First thing I did was block my dad, and <laughs> Mark, and, Mark. and then. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, it just started with using the hashtag and talking about the movie and, and things like that. And then randomly one day, I saw some some guy from England or Britain or, or wherever he's from post saying he needed help from an American about the UPS system here or USPS <laughs> system here. And that was Chris. And I've spoken to him basically every day since and worked on about every project I possibly could. Uh, as far as, as planning and getting people involved. And, and then towards the end, it was me and uh, one of our friends called Leonidas, who's not on here anymore, just, just rallying the troops and pushing really, really hard to get every tweet possible out there and get, get our voices heard by the studio. Um, and it, it's just to be part of a group like this to actually achieve something and change something in the world, not only at a studio level, but to, to be able to be part of charity and do some good out of what is is ultimately silly, um, but it is you know it is more than that. It, it is artistic freedom, but you know we stood for something else and put something else beside it um, to show that we were serious. And you know I, I hope that we can continue with that aspect of it now that we've won one. Uh, but yeah, just to be part of all this, and then never thought that I'd be sitting here uh, talking to to a member of the cast. So yeah. here I am. And uh, Adrian, what about you? Tell us your story. Um, well, again, I'll try to be very brief. Um, 
I think my my fight, of course, really began like with so many others in fighting for and defending BVS just in my in my personal life and my everyday real life to my friends and family who I felt were just, you know, absorbing um, a negative media message that didn't match what I saw when I sat in the theater watching BVS multiple times, and I was just absolutely riveted. I thought the quality of the film, the score, the acting, everything was just the greatest thing I'd ever seen. And I loved it so much, the themes meant so much to me that I fought for it. So then fast forward to seeing Justice League and the continuity was messed up. It just, it just, it, it was just, you know, a, a mess compared to the quality of the, the cinematic poetry that I felt that I was getting with Batman v Superman. Mm. So I, I just, I, I was just upset. And I went online and found, um, you know, the petition. It wasn't long before I was on Twitter, found Fiona. And then, um, you know, continue to just fight and tweet, et cetera, and continue conversations with people. Um, and then it was, you know, when I saw uh, Chris organizing things like the phone call campaign, it was like, that's what we need to do. We need to like, we need direct contact. We need to communicate to, D to WB, you know, not just talking about my friends and family and that kind of thing. We need, need to zero in and let the company know we want this film, you know, that they had originally showed us in the original trailers because so it wasn't just that I wanted a movie that I liked as a fan it was believing in the quality of the film and the quality of the people behind the film um that kept me going all this time and and of course have met wonderful people in the process awesome awesome and uh Manu would you uh round us out uh I I, I think you know uh like a lot of you guys mentioned before this all started with BVS for me uh, coming into that that battle, that war zone, and uh, never really having left until now. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, my reasons for getting into the movement were because I thought it was the right thing to do. I, I think that a lot of the times people forget uh, that, yeah, as important as business is, we, we still have to respect and treat each other like people. And I felt that Zach was disrespected, and I felt that us, as you know, a fandom and as people, were also disrespected. So this part of this movement was about rectifying that in a way and trying to to bring out the best outcome out of something that that was really um, hurtful to a lot of people. And it's and meeting all of these amazing people from all around the world. I mean, I think that every single one of us on this call right now met in a way because of our love for Zach and his films. Yeah. And and towards the end, uh, it became not just about releasing this for Zach, but it was for every single one of us and every one of the people that are in this movement that donated, that gave their time, that gave their effort, that put so much passion into this. It's been two and a half years and, and they never let up. I think that it's so incredible to see so many people coming together for something for something that that meant something to them and i think that more people should do that i think that you know it's something that we should be able to believe in mm -hmm. i agree i agree very well said and so we've we've set the table you guys see these are different people who've come to this movement from different places in the world from different places in their lives and have bonded together. And now we will have our interview with our special guests. 
reporter. I know you've been sit sitting patiently and listening to to you know us mere humans talk about. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> mere humans indeed. Um, it's funny hearing everybody's origin story. You know, it's cool. I guarantee I came to the movement the latest of anybody. I went to bed one night with 300 Twitter followers who liked audiobooks and woke up the next day to, I think, 3,000 and a message from some dude named Dr. Chris going, hey, <laughs> you play Darkseid in the Justice League. And I immediately went into panic mode. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't say anything. I freaked out. And uh, But for me, watching the unswerving dedication to the cause and at the same time, unmitigated kindness uh, throughout all of it has been exemplary. Um, the general positivity that everyone has brought to this in the face of some really nasty trolls, I guess would be the term. Um, it's, it's exemplary. It really is. And I, I think that everybody who who tweeted, everybody who got involved, everybody who felt the way that you all feel on this podcast and did something about it, this is a day to celebrate you. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm just so happy that I get to, uh, I don't know, that I get to kind of sit back and applaud what everybody has done, because this really is your victory. But but to be sincere, the, the victory also belongs to you because the the cast and crew, uh, the filmmakers uh, yeah. in whatever capacity, you have all engaged with the fandom without your inspiration and constant, you know, reaching back out to us. We would not have had the feel to keep on going. It's been a privilege. Uh, you know, it's I've I've always believed um, even back, you know, when I was doing Shakespeare, I've always believed that uh, the absolute least you can do when you're in a position where people clap when you're done with a performance or want to come and talk to you about a, a thing they saw or something like that, the absolute least you can do is stop and, and, and listen and, and respond and talk to people and be polite and be <laughs> kind. Uh, I don't put a lot of stock in people who are like, oh, no, I never talk to fans. I never <laughs> talk to Come on. Why? You know. why? Why did you use a British accent for that? <laughs> um, sorry. I, yeah. No, and weirdly enough, I have to say the British actors I know are the nicest people out of, out of, the, out of the bunch. So I don't know why I did that. Sorry. <laughs> we love the humor. We, we I love just the decided humor. to go posh. I, I think I think he was trying to I, I think he was doing Chris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was not. I, I can't do a good northern accent because 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 Chris sounds Chris Chris definitely sounds like he he doesn't talk to his fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what what having Zach and Ray you do for us is it it humanized the fight. You know, um, you know, to naysayers and that kind of thing would be like, oh, it's a film. It's a, like a film is a thing. And it was yeah. like, no, we're fighting for people. This affected people's lives. It affected us. It affected you. It affected Zach. And we're fighting for people, not just a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it has been a roller coaster, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Yes, it has. And and, and we've held on for dear life. Yeah. Uh, so, so we have some questions for you. We'd yes. like to know a little bit more about you as a person. 
Okay. Mm, okay. Just give us a brief um, autobiography, origin story <laughs> of, of, you know, how you okay. became this uh, prolific voice performer. I mean, yeah. do you, who, who grows up and, as a five-year-old kid, you know, is like, I want to be a voice actor. Like, I don't think anyone, I think if, if a five-year-old child says that to you, they need testing. <laughs> immediate, immediate and strict medical testing. Um, uh, well, I grew up in a family of performers. I'm third generation in the business. My grandfather wow. was with the circus. My mother was a dancer on Broadway and around the country. And it was just always something I sort of knew I wasn't going to do it. Um, I wanted to do something else. And then I went and saw a play, uh, this one particular production. And I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd like to do that. So majored in theater in California, worked at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival for gosh, almost 20 years, did TV shows and things like that. Um, in the interim, you know, down here in LA TV shows and films and stuff like that. And, uh, then I moved down to L.A. and started narrating audiobooks, and that seemed to be going fairly well. And then um, ended up in England because I was at the time married to someone who was working on this Zack Snyder movie, The Justice League. Hmm. Uh, and I was still narrating audiobooks. You know, while I was over there, I packed my entire studio into one giant road case and shipped it over. Thank you, Warner Brothers. Um, <laughs> And lived in England and was doing that. And then Zach heard from somebody that I narrate audiobooks. And Zach really likes to hear his scripts. Mm. Something more immediate and something more visceral when you hear the words being spoken. Mm -hmm. As opposed to just sitting and reading them on the page. Mm -hmm. So I helped in essentially narrating the scripts and some of the rewrites and things like that. And Zach and I get along really, really well. He's an amazing guy. He and Deborah are both the kindest people ever. Top class. Top class. Um, and uh, then I got word that he wanted me to play Darkseid. Wow. Um, and weirdly, the Darkseid stuff was shot in L.A. So I got to fly back um, from London to L.A. Thank you, Warner Brothers. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Kieran Hines and I put on black lycra suits and hung out on a mocap stage and that's not an image anyone wants in their head <laughs> um, and then I did multiple uh, re like lots of voice stuff face capture you know it, the, the whole process took a while wow. um, and then you know I uh, in the fullness of time I found out that it was all changing and mm. that my work was not going to be a part of it. The thing I was most excited about playing the role was, oh God, I get to go to Comic-Con and meet fans and stuff. I can't wait. Oh, no. I hope I get to sign something. You know? <laughs> I Really, seriously, that was, that was my, you know, I was like, oh God, I hope they make a toy and I can point at it and go, that's me. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> you know, uh, when I was in college, uh, Patrick Stewart's son lived the next door over in the dorms. And his father would come to visit, and he had a, a Captain Picard figurine taped to his oh. fridge. And I was like, "Man, I want, I want a figurine." You know. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, goals, right? Life goals. Uh, so, so anyway, you know, it was unfortunate. It happens. It's Hollywood. It hurt. It it was mm. sad, but I dealt with it and moved on. And then 
you know, one day Twitter exploded and I became <laughs> aware of your podcast. And uh, that's been kind of the ride. Wow. That's yeah. that's really, really amazing. So um, before we move on, would any one of you guys like to ask uh, Ray any questions uh, so far? I've got one just uh, kind of real quick to piggyback off of what he just said. Yeah. Uh, just when did you see the theatrical cut of Justice League and what was your, your true reaction to, to what you knew of the original script and then what you saw on screen? Not only what was missing, okay. but what was replaced? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say something and I don't mean it to be inflammatory and I'm not being bitchy, um, but I'm going to say this. I've never seen it. Oh, thank God. Neither has Zach. Or thank the new gods, I should say. Hey! I've, 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 uh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I've, never, I've never seen it. Uh, the, you shouldn't. The, well, the thing is this. For me, it's a whole lot more than a movie. There's people. Mm -hmm. uh, and I tend to be a little bit, you know, second grade schoolyard loyalty. If you hurt my friends, then I don't really want a lot to do with you. And... Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm not saying that against anybody. I'm not saying that against Mr. Whedon. I'm not saying that against Warner Brothers or anybody. You know, it just happened to go that way. But the circumstance um, was hard for a lot of people. And that made me sad. And so I didn't really feel a strong desire to see it. Also, I mean, honestly, get cast in this really, really cool role. Do all this work and then be told that it's not in it. Do you really want to go see yeah. Um, I, I mean, definitely not. I wasn't, uh, I'm not, I'm not made of that strong stuff. You know, I, I didn't want to <laughs> be watching the movie going right. And that's when I would have come in, you know, oh. that's just a bummer. So no, I've not seen it. I'm looking forward to actually seeing it. Okay. I've got a question. You've not seen what we have seen. No, but you have, you kind of know what's what we're going to see now that you know, we're all going to see the Snyder Cut. Yeah. Now that we're going to get it, do you have any intrigue to see what we have had to uh, I think, live with? No, I think that's a really good question. And honestly, what I think will happen is I will see Zach's Justice League, and then I might go back and watch the other one. Mm. We should do a comedy podcast where we do a commentary <laughs> with you. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing is, I mean, I don't want to cast aspersions on that version of the film at all. Um, I mean, because there's a lot of people who committed and worked very, very hard on those reshoots and, and to disrespect them would be churlish. I don't want to do that. Um, you know, leave but, that to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, uh, but no, I mean, I think, uh, I think that it'll be very interesting to see Zach's vision and then go back and look at where it was changed. I think it'll throw it'll throw a lot of things into kind of harsh relief. I think that it'll show some real contrasts and uh, I think it'll be informative, but I'll be watching it after I've seen after. Zach's movie. Okay. So the, the, the next question I have for you has to do with this character of Darkseid. Mm -hmm. First off, do you have any uh, history with comic books? Did you know the character before coming in and what was your mindset of, of forming the character from wherever okay. your history is with the character? Okay, I, I have to admit that I have, I've never really 
I, I was never a big comic book guy. Many of my friends were, mm-hmm. um, and I've always appreciated them. You know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in let people like what they like. Mm-hmm. And just because something may not be necessarily for me doesn't invalidate it. So I've always been aware of the comic books and, you know, I, I love Batman and, uh, I got to see uh, BVS at the London premiere, which was really cool. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. Got to meet Mark Hamill at, at the theater that night. That was cool. Wow. Um, and, I loved, and I loved the movie. I loved BVS. Um, it's a masterpiece as far as I'm, most of I'm us a, here. I'm a fan of Zach's filmmaking. I always have been. Um. But I was not particularly aware, you know, and so I cast in this role and that's when I went and did some research and it was like, Oh my yeah. goodness. Oh boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got to oh, be that guy. This is, this is, yeah. this is one of the greatest villains. Like obviously and, he hasn't had a cinematic turn yet. And no. finally we're going to get it. <laughs> but also understand but at the time, this villain. is, this is before I had shot anything at the time that I was cast in it they were gearing up for JL2. And I knew that this was going to be kind of the intro to a much larger amount of work in the next film. So I was pretty overwhelmed at that point. I don't want to sound like a complete toff, but honestly, my experience with Shakespeare was great to bring to bear with this. Um, you know, with, with uh, villainy and that sort of thing. And man, I got to act with Kieran Hines. That was cool. Wow. Now, when I say cool, what I mean is that Kieran was really cool. And I was over in the corner going, Oh God, it's going to be my turn <laughs> soon. I really hope I don't suck. <laughs> there are a lot of us on this podcast who are huge fans of Excalibur. So, Oh yeah. I, oh yeah. Well, I, and Kieran is, Kieran is <laughs> such a great guy. Very funny, very kind, very generous. Um, And after I finished a take and he came over and put his arm around me, it was like, well done. (laughs) You know, he was one of the people who spoke publicly and put himself out there. Yes, uh, I saw that. Yes, behind the Snyder Cut, saying what you saw was not what was No, absolutely. I was so jealous of Kieran when we were shooting because he was off as soon as he was done. He was off to shoot uh, the Terror, the TV uh, show about the uh, the Franklin. I, I love it. I watched it, and I love I'm obs- it. I'm obsessed with the Franklin expedition. So I was like, "Dude, wow. I'm extremely jealous right now." Um, that is that series is underrated. Like I tell yeah. a lot of people, if you liked Chernobyl, I think it's just as good. Yeah, that's just yeah. my opinion. Anyway, well, I think Kieran Hind is is an absolute master at his craft. He really is. And it was a privilege to spend time with him. Okay. Even in the Lycra suits. <laughs> Even in the, the, the tight Lycra suits. So um, <laughs> let's get a question from uh, from Manu. Would you would you like to ask something? Uh, yeah, uh, I just wanted to... We, we've heard from other cast members. Um, uh, Lupe just mentioned uh, um, Siren Hines, but uh, how was the mood... Um, like just the general mood about people who worked on the film. Uh, you don't have to name anyone, but uh, you said that, you know, I, I was just, I'm just wondering how people truly felt about, you know, what, what happened with their, with all the work they had. 
Well, I didn't get to I didn't get to talk to a lot of people after the fact. I mean, by the time by the time it all came down, I was I was basically pretty much done. And, you know, the cast had all dispersed to the four winds, of course, off on other projects and the crew were on to other projects and working. So I didn't have a lot of connection with a lot of people involved. Uh, I can tell you that the general mood was, I think, more than anything else, it was kind of confusion. It was like, well, why? Why are why are you doing this? Everybody on the set was very kind, very generous, very positive. Now, I've always believed that the the sort of psychic well-being of any project emanates from the top down. And when you have Zach and Deb helming something, people behave really, really well. You know, people are very polite. They're very kind. They're very outgoing. It's very warm. The feeling on the set was wonderful. And I think that when it all came down the way that it came down, it was like, well, 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 yeah, but why, why are they doing all of this? Why are they redoing all of this stuff and shooting this stuff? And you know, what, what's that about? I think it was more confusion than anything else, mm-hmm. honestly. And, and for someone who has, you know, been here from the beginning, I can tell you guys that it has to do with narratives, narratives, peddled by media outlets and people who have an agenda and a bias and um, it shakes up the studio you know when they have so much money invested and their career is on the line people are trying to put foot on the table um, you know it, it it's it's interesting because a lot of people tend to believe we live in a meritocracy right it should be about you know what is good and what isn't and the best should rise to the top but film is very interesting because with film criticism and just the subjective experience of film, you can influence how people feel about a film. Right. So, for example, if you're going to see a film and I tell you, oh, it's the worst thing that's ever come out. You know, the director doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't, you know, make stories well. The graphics are horrible. When you go, that begins to color your experience. And if you see something sure. that's complicated, you'd be like, oh, no, it was convoluted instead of it was complex. If you see something that's uh, sort of painterly and, and dark and shadowy, instead of, you know, looking at it in a, in a not good light, you will say, oh, you know, the color palette was ugly, that kind of thing. So I know you guys were very confused, but trust me, a lot of us, we've been on the ground level. We've seen yeah. the, we know the personalities who write these articles. We know how they would watch a movie from a Mar- from Marvel Studios and give it every pass in the universe. And then when a DC movie comes out, they nitpick it to bits every single day. And, you know, work. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I would agree with you. I think that I think that certainly did not help. And also you have to fold into that. The, you know, um, being a studio executive is a really, really high pressure, stressful, dangerous gig. And mm-hmm. if you are connected with a production that uh, may not do well, there's a there is a very real and tangible risk to your job involved in that. And so they are always going to err on the side of caution, mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on one side of it, you can say, well, why don't you have more imagination? Why can't you allow <laughs> that? And on the other side of it, it's like, yeah, I could have more imagination. It would still be a gamble. Mm-hmm. And these people are not gamblers. Yeah. You know, they, they want to minimize risk. Uh, so you have that. You have, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we've seen without going down this rabbit hole, but I mean, we've seen how the press in general will find a scapegoat, shall we say. And, 
you know, oh, well, he's just bad, as opposed to purely looking at it on the merit of whatever is being done or said. Mm. Um, and that can muddy the waters as well. I mean, I, I really just think it was it was a lot of forces came together yeah, to, yeah. to create the situation which you guys and the rest of the fans have rectified. Exactly. So that's that's today's the day for celebration. That's the beauty in the struggle. Um, so so let's still talk more about this role that yeah. we're all excited for you about. So, <laughs> you know, you, you were cast, you're coming from a, a theatrical background, but trust me, we are cinephiles here and we know how how uh, how good that is. It's such a powerful tool to bring to, to these roles. So mm. you started to learn about who this villain was, who you'd never known mm. before. So now that you know a little bit about him, you've done some history how would you sort of describe him to someone who has no idea who dark side is well first of all you think about every every villain believes in their heart they're right okay there's no mustache twirling i'm being bad and it's really <laughs> great you know that's that's boring <laughs> to an audience yeah. um i mean you'll see in shakespeare's plays oftentimes the villains will take their soliloquies to the audience. You know, Iago in, in Othello has a speech. And what's he then that says, I play the villain? Hmm. How do you, how do you, wh what are you talking about? I'm not a villain. I'm doing this. This is, you know. Um, so Darkseid embodies all of that, of course. And he's a god. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it, it's, as far as baddies go, He's kind of the nuclear option. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, uh, and and I love that. I love that it's so he's so powerful uh, yeah. that it really it's like, oh, God, how are we going to beat this? Because that's where the really good story is. How are we going to beat this guy? You know, what, how, it's it's exciting. All it I is. did uh, in playing him was just, you know, I'm right. I'm, I'm right. <laughs> I like that. That's all. What, you what are you talking about? Yourself one bit. <laughs> Absolutely. People don't understand me. I get a lot of bad press. Ask Darkseid <laughs> about his kittens. No, um, you know, but but it's it's uh, it's just a commitment to whatever it is. Right. Um, the bad guy never thinks he's the bad guy, mm, mm. or seldom does. Seldom thinks he's the bad seldom guy. Seldom does. Um, I mean, the greater we're, the villain, the greater the hero. Abs precisely. Absolutely. We 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 talk about that, and we know you're in good hands because. We have these discussions. Zach does villains so well. Oh, my God. Yes, he does. So well. Yes, uh, he does. Uh, remember his, uh, his, his Ozymandias from Watchmen, who yes. has the monologue about, do I look, am I a comic book villain? I've already yeah. blown up the Absolutely. city. Remember yeah. Zod? Well, I mean, how about Xerxes from 300? Xerxes from 300? Yes, I've got a question. Out of all of Zach's villains, yeah. who's your favorite? And also, maybe, who might Darkseid resemble the most? Okay, that's a really good question. I mean, I would have to say that, you know, my out of all of Zack's villains, my personal favorite begins with a D and ends with Arkseid. Hey! Um, <laughs> <laughs> who does he resemble? Who does he resemble? That's interesting. I don't know that Darkseid... I mean, Darkseid is such... <laughs> this monolithic force. He's so, I mean, who do you compare Darkseid to? 
you, you know you can't so when i think that i think maybe a mix of xerxes that kind of um, mm-hmm. i want to take everything over and zod that sheer power and uh, strategy and, uh, and ability would i be along the right lines well you know obviously that's that character in 300 uh believed himself to be a god mm-hmm. and you know was was larger and different than anyone else around him he was a god among mortals so i think in that way you could certainly draw a line of similarity between those two characters you know he's a god i like it could you compare dark side to a shakespearean villain Ooh, look at you with the questions um <laughs> God, I'm, f- I'm right now flipping through a canon I have in my head like, uh, no, uh, no, uh, no, 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 um, no. You know, weirdly, I, I don't necessarily think so. I, 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 most of Shakespeare's villains are wonderful in that they are human. They are the same as the protagonist. And uh, we'll oftentimes, as I said before, you know, they'll say to the audience, like, watch this, look at this math that I've worked out and how I'm going to undo the good guy. Watch how this happens. This is going to be amazing. Uh, you know, I'm really clever. I'm, you know, this is my art. This is incredible. Um, Dark side, it's a whole different deal. Um, it's, uh, I mean, to me anyway, I'm sure there'll be a million people who are screaming right now. No, he's like Yago. You know, and that's fine. I think that, you know, dark side is whatever you need him to be. Um, but being a God, being so completely outside of the world, the realm of what we know is the familiar lens. Uh, I mean, just that makes him scary. Do you know? Mm -hmm. Now, how do you play that? Well, you know, you, (laughs) You certainly don't. You, I don't think you would approach Darkseid in the same way that you would approach um, a mortal uh, villain. Mm. Um, but you also, you know, you can't be above its hole and that sort of thing. <laughs> you know. But then, they, I mean, obviously, we know within that, within Darkseid's family, there's, you know, there's struggles, there's fights, yeah. there's arguments, there's, you know, rivalries, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah, there yeah. was there was a good scene of of me and Steppenwolf having words. <laughs> um, on that note, talking about you know uh, characters and apocalypse, we also you know broke news to the fandom that Peter Guinness played uh, Darkseid's um, high priest, second in command, Desaad. Yes. So what what was that experience like? working with him. Peter Guinness is a a fantastic actor and a terrific guy. Uh, Honestly, I, I, I so enjoyed working with the two of them. Uh, I I wanted to just go to a pub and sit and have pints (laughs) all night and settle the world's problems. Um, Brilliant actors, brilliant guys. Nice. And played, you know, and watching, watching those two, on the set and realizing that pretty soon my number was going to be up and it was going to be my turn to like, you know, wow. jump in the scene was, I will say moderately intimidating. Wow. They're damn good. You know, it's wow. like, Oh, Oh great. The guitar players here. You get to go on after Hendrix. <laughs> <sighs> um, wow. 
So yeah. to get their praise was the best. Wow. That's, yeah. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. I've just been really interested listening to these responses, and a lot of the questions I had uh, have been answered. And, and I know, um, Ray, you probably can't get into too much in the way of specifics, but I've, I've – right. um, I guess I've, I'm, I'm really relieved and glad to hear that, that um, you know, we're going to see a villain with conviction that, that believes they're right. And uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing um, that world with Steppenwolf and Dasaad. And, and I'm just wondering, um, you know, in generalities, can, can you say, is that a major component of, of this version of the film from what you know? Uh, you know, is it, you know uh, I, d I, don't, I don't really know. And I would be loath to say, and even talking about like scenes that I've done, I don't know what's going to be in the final cut. I don't know what's going to be in the final version. Um, you know, and also, I mean, part of it is, is I don't want to talk about it too much because we've waited so long to see it. I don't want to give yeah. anything away, you know, and, and I can't really, I can't really say how much of that is in there. Obviously, you know, I, I remember when I did almost famous, uh, Cameron Crowe came to me at the rap party and was like, I've got five hours of movie that I have to edit. And so I knew right when he said that, that, you know, the part that I had, the role that I played was going to be cut down immensely. And it was, and that was fine. That's just, that's what happens. So I, you know, I, I really, I don't know at this juncture how much uh, dark side will be in this film. Um, no way of knowing. Okay. Uh, so I so I take I take it you uh, you're not one of the ones who's seen seen the Snyder cut in its in no. its current state then obviously no I have not uh, okay well I I am definitely looking forward to finding out the the only other question I had for you and, and you did touch on this a lot already but I wanted to ask you about the um you know the range of emotions from the time you you found out you got the part uh you know to the to the you know to the time that if, you know you, you found out you weren't in the film yeah and then and then you've touched on that and and you know if you have anything more to say on that by all means I'd love to hear it and and. And then specifically, at what point did you start to believe that, that this wasn't just um, wishful fan thinking, that this might actually happen and that we might finally get to see your, your work in this film? Well, that's, that's a really good question. Yeah, I mean, the range of emotions was, you know, a bungee jump. It was, uh, it, it was <laughs> you know, every extreme. Um, and I had resigned myself to it being just another, you know, such, well, that didn't work out. What a shame, you know, move on. I've got these sci-fi books I have to narrate, you know, whatever. Um, then I became aware of this movement. And honestly, initially, I loved and admired what you guys were doing. And the kindness that I received on Twitter was just unprecedented. It was just amazing. And, um, but I didn't, I, I, I still was like, you know, this is amazing and incredible and wonderful. I keep saying the word amazing. I really, God, I really, I used to do Shakespeare. I do words for a living <laughs> and I can't stop saying amazing. God damn it. Me damn it. <laughs> um, the movement was so impassioned and so clear. Uh, and as I've said before, so kind, very positive fight, you know, and I admired that. Um, but I didn't think that it was going to happen. Um, you just don't hear, this doesn't happen. This doesn't happen in Hollywood. And look, look what you did. It did happen. So what, like you just mentioned that, that this doesn't happen in Hollywood. 
what, what do you think was the difference here in, in your experience? What, what was it that you felt the movement did that set it aside from all the I think others? It's a, I think it's a mix of things. Um, the thing that I noticed about the movement, the thing that I noticed about the fans is for all of the banners, for all of the airplanes flying over Comic-Con, for all of the appearing on online forums and doing battle with, you know, people who are like, it's never going to happen. Get over it. Move on. Um, that was a great impression. That was a good act. That was good. That's how I hear. I know at least seven people who, who speak like that. Yeah. No, like in my head, that's how I hear them. Whenever I read their tweets, it's that same voice. Um, the, so, the number of people that said Warner Brothers will never spend another dime on this movie. I mean, yeah, how many yeah. times have we heard that over two and a half oh, years? Yeah, I mean, I read it all the time, too. <clears throat> um, also, you know, once the news broke, going online and reading these comments about me because nobody really knows who I am. That was sobering. Um, there's no way it's going to happen. He never would have cast, you know, he would want somebody who's a good actor, you know, somebody who's been in a movie or something. I was like, wow. I, I remember seeing those tweets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was lovely to read. Um, <laughs> the thing that set the move, this particular movement apart was that it was very high profile. It was very vocal, but it was always kind. It was never strident. It was never, you know standing outside someplace with a sign and screaming and yelling and, you know, will annoy them into submission. It never was that. Um, when it came time and I saw that money was being raised for suicide prevention, it was like, well, of course, of course, these people are doing this. Absolutely. That's the soul of what this movement is. What I think sets it apart, what I think was a major contributor in this happening, what I think made uh, the, the people who make such decisions take notice was the organization, the committedness, and the kindness. Y'all were never rude, which is to be commended. Yeah. Th thank which, you. Uh, that, that is a lot because yeah. we called so many things. Like, I, it was, oh, I yeah. think you were going to say the same thing I was, Manu, yeah. just the, the, the yeah. way we've been painted as, as a toxic fandom and that this – yeah. This sets a horrible precedent because they're rewarding our toxicity when, uh, you know, you've seen nothing but in this movement. Um, not to mention the generalizations they make about us that could not be further from the truth when you look at, you know, our, our well, international fandom. And I got into, I, I mean, I came close to my first ever Twitter fight, you know, early on when somebody was on trolling and I, and I just wrote to them, what is so wrong about allowing people to like what they like? Right. Mm. Why, why is this such a bad thing? Why can you not just let people enjoy what they want? Um, never got a response from that guy about that. <laughs> no, but that to me was the, that to me was the thing was that, I mean, undaunted y'all put up with a lot. I read some hostility online and everybody just kept going. I started seeing things that were above and beyond what I had ever seen any sort of organization, any like, you know, most people get as far as let's fill out a petition and then they drop it. Mm -hmm. Y'all didn't do that. When I started seeing announcements about, okay, we're going to be mega tweeting on this day. Um, you know, I had, I had friends, uh, authors and audiobook narrators who were sending me pictures from Comic-Con of like, dude standing at the bus stop 
with the, the banners around mm -hmm. it. I was like, I know, I know, I know these people will not be denied. That's when I was like, oh, this is this has got legs. This is going somewhere. And then little trickles would happen when, you know, I mean, Zach is not a vain man. So when he's dropping little things, you know, stills from the production and things like that, he's not doing it to serve himself. And he's not doing it as a tease. And it's not an empty gesture. You know, um, when I saw that happening, I was like, this is going somewhere. This is going to, I don't know if it's going to have the outcome that everyone would like, but this has been noticed. Also, honestly, when I started to see some of the vehemence and the backlash against you guys is when I went, oh, this, this really, this really is a force. This really does matter. Certainly it matters enough for somebody to get on and vent their spleen, uh, <laughs> you know, in a forum or, or on Twitter. This is, uh. So it was a, it was kind of a momentum thing. Honestly, though, I have to say, like from the beginning, from the first message I got from from you, Chris, you know, where it was like, hey, listen, um, this thing just got announced. And, um, you know, we, you know, and I was like, oh, God, please don't tell anybody, please. You know, and it was all about respecting privacy, respecting what I could and could not say and all of that. And just the way you guys conducted yourself at that point, I was committed. I was like, these people deserve to get what they want more than anybody else I've seen. I have a, a series of fun questions for you for us to, you know, wrap up. Uh, okay. Now there's no okay. math involved. There's no, there's math no, involved. <laughs> no, no math involved. Okay. Great. So we're going to be fine. I stay all up right. all night studying for a blood test. So yeah. <laughs> all right. There you go. First question. This yes. is a question we ask all our guests, and the fate of the world is dependent on it, okay? Okay. Does, does pineapple belong on pizza? Help Hell no. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Lupe loses a game. That broke my heart. <laughs> I'm so sorry, man. But, but again, but again, again. Wait, let me clarify that. Hell no for me. If you like it, go for it, brother. More for you. I'll take it. I'll take I it. Am I am half Italian. I will eat all of the pineapple on my pizza. Really? Use the pineapple as my crust. I don't care. It's delicious. I'm utterly shocked that it's even a thing. Pineapple, without question, belongs on a pizza. It's, it's, the, it's that mix of sweetness and saltiness. It's perfect. It's it's. I don't understand. The key to pineapple is having green olives and hot peppers with it. It's a culinary art. God, I need to lie down. This is disturbing. I, I do probably have to say, though, I love pineapple on pizza, but I don't like wine or olives. So I guess okay. I can't claim that too much. I don't like I don't like olives either. Uh, or cilantro. Cilantro makes me sick to my stomach. Brandon, I'm not at all Italian, and wine and olives is about a third of my diet. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Well, there you go. There you go. All right. Next question: If you you have to choose between these two powers, the ability to be able to see into the future, mm. or the ability to be able to change the past, which one would you take? Ooh, see into the future. Nice. Okay. The, the Any past, particular reason? Yeah, the past is what I am. I am a result of my past. All the scars, weird marks, and and strange thoughts are are who I am. Why would I deny my heritage in such a way? Um, you know, 
uh, seeing into the future would be good because then I could avoid certain things. Uh, I don't want to avoid anything from my past. And there's some bad stuff in my past, but it's a part of who I am now. And I'm kind of proud of it. I like that. You guys, would anybody like to, to chime in on this? What, which one do you guys think is better? Personally, I would like to change the past because I could go back and, you know, like make sure that Hitler didn't like do stuff. But, you know, I'm a selfless person. So but I always know. think about I always <laughs> think about that. Like you get in a time machine, you go back and you kill Hitler. What if there was another dude next to Hitler who just never got his chance <laughs> and was a thousand <laughs> times worse? The ripple effect. Yeah. 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 yeah I would say good. neither uh, because right. to me, they're both the same thing. If you can see into the future, that means you're trying to change your present, which will eventually become your past, in which case hey. you still didn't grow from anything. I so live, live the life to the fullest <laughs> you have now and make the make decisions based on how you think that they're going to play out, not wow. how you know they will. Wow. Wow. You just Brandon Kobayashi marooned that whole thing. I know. Like, <laughs> that was really like... <laughs> All right. That was Next great. Question. What would you prefer? A pint or a cocktail? Pint. A pint. There you pint go. So stout. When, you come, when you come to the UK, a pint Hell of yes. stout from pint Chris. Of stout, baby. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, I, I've already discussed this with Chris. Many, many pints followed by loud declarations over kebab. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's, do it. Let's do it. And last question. So we have this thing that we call hashtag exiled for a reason. Now, you know, the reason why we call ourselves Film Exiles is because we have, we're, we're proud of our film takes. There's no take like a hot take. We believe that, you know, whatever you love, you should love. There's nothing like a guilty pleasure. So, sure. for example, I think that Batman v Superman is one of the greatest movies ever made. Cool. And so, Film Twitter has exiled me to the cinematic wastelands for it. Uh, <laughs> So we're inviting you to uh, walk over the hot coals, so to speak. It's a okay, rite okay. of initiation into the film exile. Give All us right. your hottest film take that will get you exiled from film Twitter and you'll become one of the film exiles. The movie Twister. Okay. I loved that movie. I grew up in Indiana around tornadoes. I absolutely loved it. And I haven't heard anyone speak positively about that film. Well, you're, you're the first, and that is a hot take. That's that is, that, Philip Seymour Hoffman in that movie is just wonderful. Okay, man. yeah, I Welcome know he to is. The suck zone. I was, I was, uh, I was sat at a table next to Philip Seymour Hoffman when we were shooting Almost Famous, and I complimented him on Twister, and the look he gave me told me everything I needed to know. I mean. And I still kick myself about it. Philip Seymour Hoffman has this incredible body of work. But I thought, as an actor, I thought he was damn good in that movie. And he looked at me like I had three heads. <laughs> That's incredible. Any film with Bill Paxton is fine by me. It's... I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that, absolutely. There you go. There you go. So that, that's it. The initiation is complete. You've oh, been okay. exiled into the cinematic wastelands. You are a film exile. Thank you very much. I'm very proud to be so. So, Ray, have you got anything coming up that you want to tell people about any projects that you're really excited about? Well, I don't know what my future is. Um, I know I wouldn't change my past, but I have no idea what my future is with regards to this. I'm, I'm optimistic. 
Um, but I'm also very happy about some projects that I've got, you know, sort of on the boil right now. Um, probably the thing that is most exciting to me right now is this uh, okay. full cast audio production of Neil Gaiman's Sandman that I did at yep. Audible UK yep. Studios. I'm excited. Um, the cast is uniformly excellent. Uh, there's a lot of names that people know and quite a lot of names that people don't know. And everybody was a friggin' genius in it. I have heard some roughs of it and it's marvelous. It's, it's going to be for people who are fans of the Sandman, this is done right. Neil has been involved in the production every step of the way. And, uh, it was incredibly exciting to be a part of recording it. And, uh, I can't wait for it to come out. Nice. Awesome. Well, I'm a big fan of Sandman, so I'll definitely be, uh, I'll definitely be playing that. I played like, I played like 14 different roles in it. I'm stoked. It was so fun. Wow. Uh, I've got an audible credit waiting to go for it. It's, is it, sorry, (laughs) did you say, is it July that it comes out, I believe? June, July? June, July, I think so. Don't quote me on that, but I think so. Um, I've I've set one aside for it. Looking forward to it. It's, uh, but, oh, God, it's, I mean, it's just a monster. It's incredible. Um, yeah, it's really, really fun. Can't, and then there's, wait. you know, all the, and then there's a variety of, of books that I'm narrating that are coming out that are really, really cool. And um, it's going to be, it's going to be a good summer. And maybe even in the autumn, I can go outside. <laughs> <laughs> What's that like? I don't know. What is this outside of which you speak? Well, <laughs> it's rain forbidden land. Exactly. I'm a hiker and it's gorgeous. <laughs> I couldn't live without it. <laughs> I know. I know. If I was in England, I'd be outside all the time. LA, not so much. So before we go, would you guys like to say goodbye to uh, Ray and, and give him some well wishes? Let's start with uh, with Paul. Yeah. Uh, so Ray, it was a, it was a pleasure to, uh, to meet you and talk to you for the first time. I, I, I loved hearing what, uh, what you had, what you had to say today. I'm, I'm even more excited for the film now. And, uh, just want to thank you for coming on with us and, uh, I wish you the, um, the best of luck in future. And, and I can't wait to see you in Zack Snyder's justice league. Thank you very much. Chris, the floor is yours. We've spoken a few times and is, you know, my feelings for you, Ray. And yeah, bro. you're such a great, great person you've helped us so much uh, i'll only ever have um, admiration and thanks for the generosity that you've given us and you really pushed us uh, at a period of time where not much was going on and you embracing us all and giving us that extra push last year was fantastic and honestly um thank you and Absolutely. You, you know, you know my feelings towards you. And it's we'll, been it's we'll been an absolute again. privilege. It's been an absolute privilege. Thanks for having me along for the ride. My pleasure. All right, Brandon. Uh, I mean, just like anybody else said, it's just thank you for being part of this with the fans. Yeah, it, it's not very often something like this comes along, and it's even less often that outside of a you know a single retweet from from a creator or an actor or whatever you don't get to to talk with somebody uh, in a podcast or converse with them on Twitter, uh, just back and forth relentlessly. And it's just part <laughs> of what made this entire experience special. Even if it was hard, you know, the, the greatest things in life are worth fighting for. 
Yep. Uh, and we fought for it and you were there with us and you didn't have to be. Uh, and that it just, it means so much that, that you and you know, everybody else that, that used the hashtag that was part of that production that kept us going. Uh, even in some of the really dark times where, you know, we, we thought it was over, you, you were there and it, it means so much to, to me and to all of us. So thank well, it means you a lot to, means a lot to me too. Privilege has been mine entirely. Thank you. Thank you. Adrian. Oh, I just echo everything everybody said. Thank you so much, Ray, um, for the support and your generosity. And um, knowing that you haven't seen the Snyder Cut yet, boy, do I look forward to watching that, knowing that we'll all be watching it for the first time together. Yeah. I really yeah. can't wait. Yeah. I'm right. looking forward to it. We'll have a giant party. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Manu. I'll have pineapple on my pizza. Thanks. It's all yours. <laughs> Manu. Uh, well, I, I just want to thank you, Ray, for, for doing everything that you've done. Um, I'm, I'm like uh, Vinaldo mentioned earlier, I'm one of half that wrote that article that uh, woke you up scared in the middle of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm really glad that I got this opportunity to talk with you. And um, I really want to say that that day that uh, we uh, we got the word out about you. It was just wonderful to to see uh, how the fans took to you and how you took to them. Uh, it was it was it was such a great day. It got everyone excited and everybody psyched up. And I think that it opened up the idea of how different uh, Zach's movie was to the movie that we had already seen. And and that meant a lot to a lot of people. But uh, I want to thank you for for your kindness and your patience and. And everything that you've done for the movement and for the exiles and and honestly it's something that i'll never forget and that you know whatever you do uh you'll have at least one person's going to support anything i that appreciate you do. it man so, and it's and it's it's great for me to be able to personally thank you for uh for writing that article um oh. i mean it was a rude awakening that day but it's been brilliant ever <laughs> since <laughs> well I'm, I'm glad i'm glad because we were talking about it like man we're gonna mess up this dude's life <laughs> 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 like this is crazy. Like, are we, are we just gonna put them on blast? <laughs> you were so great, and you know, it, it was just, Thanks, it man. was just such a great day. And thank you. And and uh, Ronaldo has told me so often how how kind you are, and and just the, being able to do this with you, I can already tell how right he is. I mean, he's usually right, but you know, <laughs> but so thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, for from me to you. I echo everything everyone has said. Um, I, I don't even know where to start. It's overwhelming, the feeling of what we've accomplished. And, you know, you've repeatedly said, oh, you know, it's a day for you guys. It's also a day for you. You are part of the release, the Snyder Cut campaign. Well, I really appreciate uh, that. You, really no, you you are, you are. I mean, you've been so generous with your time. You've you've been very optimistic. You've been kind. And as Brandon said, there were laws and time in which nothing was happening. The studio completely ignored us, or they heard, and we got nothing. But yeah. being able to communicate with people like you, it just it it just kept us going. It really did wow. keep us going. I gotta say, it was it was a real bright spot for me. Um, you know, I, I remember thinking early on, like, well, you know, the movie won't be released or, or my part in the movie won't be released, but gosh, at least I got, at least I get to talk to these guys, you know? Wow. And, and that, that was, uh, that was a real silver lining. Wow. 
Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you. And before we leave, I, I just want to drop a little bit of speculation. So yeah. I've been reading up on what Zach is going to do. And we yeah. all knew he was planning a five-film arc for his whole Superman saga with Man of Steel, yes. Batman, Superman, then a couple of Justice League movies. Right. With it being on HBO Max, from what I'm reading, it seems like they're going to beef it up even more. And so while we were possibly only going to get maybe one Justice League movie because, you know, they were saying something about Justice League 1 and 2 being made into one movie, I think you're going to get even more. Well, from your mouth to God's ear, and I hope they've got my phone number, you know? I'm I'm telling you, like, I've been reading up on it, my fingers are crossed, and I'm I'm putting all the positive energy into the world, and I'm speaking it into existence. Thank you. You are going to have an even bigger role than you would have had before this. Well, I hope so. I'll tell you, that would be that would you're, be you're really wonderful. Blessings, blessings come in, blessings come in strange ways, as as they say. Thank um, you, well, I guess I better hit the gym then because <laughs> <laughs> sitting around eating. <laughs> That's no good. Yes, sir. Uh, all right. So that you brings guys us are great. To, thank Today's you. Today's a day much. to celebrate. I hope you all raise a glass of whatever. Well, that, that next next on the agenda. We are getting right. toasted tonight. So, yes. uh, okay, we're, we're all leaving the podcast right now. You guys give us your uh, social medias um, and where people can contact you online. I have been yours, Lupe. You can find me on Twitter at LiveLoveLupe and on Vero at LiveLoveLupe as well. Paul? Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at underscore Paul underscore P. Chris? You can find me on Twitter as well at Vinaldo7. And Brandon? Uh, you can find me at the underscore meatball underscore eight four. Nice, Adrian. You can find me on Twitter at Truth Love Faith. I like, I love your handle, Truth Love and the American Way. And Manu, where can we find you? Uh, they can find me at Man United O seven one zero. Wonderful, and you can find all of us on uh, the film Exiles. And Ray, where can we yeah. find you on social media? Uh, Twitter, Ray underscore underscore Porter. Yes, everybody, go follow him, support him, shower him with love and affection. He's an awesome guy. He deserves the best in the world. This has been a special episode of CNN, and we are out. Until next time, stay exiled.